0: This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Call in and take control of the airwaves using our toll-free number at 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria. And hey, Johnson. I'm Ian. And I don't know if you saw the news today, but evidently the United States is filing a civil lawsuit against I saw. Edward Snowden for violating various non-disclosure agreements that he had allegedly with the CIA and the NSA. Have either of you picked up Snowden's book? Uh, is it already out? I would have assumed so. I don't want to fund the government. <laughs> good, okay, yeah. Took me a moment. are <laughs> well,
1: suing to take his, all the his profits, profits from the right? book. Yeah. So.
0: I don't think they have much chance of actually getting any money from him. So if you've got the... I mean,
1: I don't know. If I that, think they're going after the publishers. I don't know if it would be a good recommendation or not to say that if you have a copy of the book, scan it and put it online to print right.
2: it. Yeah. yeah. And then donate directly to Edward right. Snowden. Right, and
0: donate instead. Yeah. <laughs> I like this idea much better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: absolutely.
1: And
0: donate in crypto particularly.
1: <laughs> That'd be even better.
0: <laughs> so they filed a lawsuit against Edward Snowden today, who, of course, is a former employee of the CIA. I wasn't aware of that. And contractor for the NSA. That's right. He published a book entitled Permanent Record in Violation, they say, of the non-disclosure agreements that he signed with both agencies. I feel like if there was an NDA violation, it was probably when he leaked all that information to the public. And there's unlikely to be anything in this book that would violate the NDA to those to that degree. Not having read the
2: book. Well, uh, he was supposedly under a contract, right, with the government and... You, I think you've actually got the Justice Department press release. I do. Do you want to Do you want to share what they have to say about it? That'll give us some more information.
0: Yeah, so the lawsuit alleges that Snowden published his book without submitting it to the agencies for pre-publication review in violation of his express obligations under the agreements that he signed. Additionally, the lawsuit alleges that Snowden has given public speeches. So there, just to
2: clarify, they're not saying that they know what's in the book or that they're objecting to anything specific in the book. They're just objecting to the fact that he went to press without asking their permission
0: first, as he supposedly signed an agreement saying he would do so. It does seem to be the case that they don't know what is actually in the book. I will have to look it up because I don't know if the book is actually available yet. But the lawsuit does not seek to stop or restrict the publication or distribution of permanent record.
2: Because it can't. Right, but they can try to get money out of it.
0: Under well-established Supreme Court precedent, Snep versus United States, the government seeks to recover all proceeds earned by Snowden because of his failure to submit his publication for pre-publication review, in violation of the alleged contractual and fiduciary obligations. Now, if he had submitted this book, do either of you think there's realistically any chance that the NSA would have been like, "Yeah, go ahead and publish it. That's fine."
2: Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the, uh, the pre-publication review process entails. I'm not sure if they can say, you know, no, you can't publish this. Or if I don't know what they're looking for. I don't know if they, there's certain information that they would be obligated to redact uh, from the book. I'm in the dark on this. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. And the Justice Department, unfortunately, doesn't give a whole lot of information about why they're doing this beyond, oh, well, he violated the contract he signed. The lawsuit also names as nominal defendants the corporate entities involved in publishing the book. Right, because they
2: can't get Snowden because he lives in Moscow. Yeah. But they can go after, you know, whoever it is that is based in the United States. Looks like Henry Holt and Company, according to the Internet, uh, is the publisher in this case.
0: They're trying to ensure, evidently, by suing the publisher, that no funds are transferred to Snowden. Mm. Which brings us back to Johnson's suggestion. (laughs) Just... Pirate the book, probably from the Pirate Bay or some other piracy website, and send Snowden some crypto. Yep, I imagine he would prefer that.
1: Yeah, and I wonder. I wonder, could he get the like if he wanted to still distribute physical copies somehow? Could he um, somehow get it printed internationally and then?
2: I would bet he could.
1: So I mean, why not also? So to be that? outside
2: of their jurisdiction in right, that case,
1: exactly. Like, okay, fine, well, no more printing
0: from here, we'll print it here.
2: I mean, he must have seen this coming.
0: Yeah, it's surprising to me that he even went with an American publisher. Well,
2: I don't know if they are an American publisher. Ah, that's true. I don't know. I've never heard of Henry, whatever it was, I'll pull it back up here. Henry Holt and Company.
1: Buy a digital copy and we'll send you a physical copy for free.
2: It does appear to be...
0: (laughs) Right? like
2: U.S., so based in New York, that's where Henry
0: Holt and Company is. Well, according to the assist, Assistant Attorney General, General, eh, excuse me, Jody Hunt of the Department of Justice's Civil Division, Edward Snowden has violated an obligation he undertook to the United States when he signed agreements as part of his employment by the CIA and as an NSA contractor. Yeah, but you guys are murderers. Yeah. So who cares? The United States' ability to protect sensitive national security information depends on employees and contractors' compliance with their non-disclosure agreements, including their pre-publication review obligations.
2: I just like to say thank goddess for Edward Snowden, uh, doing what he did, because what he did in 2013, revealing the information about the NSA's massive spying apparatus, that. A lot of people knew existed, but not a whole lot of people really had any proof of it. It became the proof that so many were were you know looking for that that they needed to make a solid argument to folks that yeah, guess what, the government is spying on you, and it's super easy for them to do so. Um, it was a huge revelation for a lot of people. Maybe not so many you know in our audience or right. on this show. <laughs> Uh, but for a lot of people, it was a, a major confirmation or uh, justification for their beliefs about the uh, the surveillance state. And he put his own butt on the line in order to do this. Uh, he had to leave his – basically his life partner. Finally, they actually apparently have gotten married uh, in that time since then. She's apparently moved to Russia. Well, good for them. Um, but, you know, he had to basically walk away from his entire life that he had built for himself – um, and that's an incredible level of courage that is really special. And- yeah, Making a
0: decision like that could not have been easy. right? But I mean, he realized the scope of the government programs that, as you, you know, alluded to, libertarians have been talking about since at least September 11th, how the government is reading our text messages, emails, monitoring all our phone calls, monitoring our social media. But, but we just had no evidence of it beyond that the laws of the land allowed it to exist. So Edward Snowden coming out with the actual proof that these things existed, it was staggering. I'm, I'm saddened by just how little lasting impact it has had. Has it had a little? La- I mean, are you? I feel like it's had a pretty big impact. In the cultural mind, yes. Mm-hmm. But as far as pushing back against these state surveillance programs, I don't think they've been affected. Well, yeah. I mean, slightest. how are you going to do that? With a guillotine.
2: Well, come on, <laughs> let's get real.
0: Right. How are you going to do that?
2: Don't you have, have f- you have knowledge. You can use that knowledge to try to protect yourself.
0: Encryption is a good place uh, to start. Certainly, yeah. things like Signal and Telegram. S- uh, Telegram, not if you create really a secret chat, but I mean, most yeah. people just assume that their messages are going to be encrypted using Telegram when they're probably not.
2: Yeah, I I love Telegram as a chat app, but it's a good app because it's convenient, and it's convenient because it's centrally managed. Um, it happens to be run by a, a Russian anarchist, so it's not right. exactly run by a pro-government organization. They've fought against the Russian government uh, in various regulations, so I, I still like Telegram. It's just not... If you're looking for the most secure uh, messaging app, I wouldn't say that's the one.
0: What about Wire? Are you familiar with it? I don't know it? enough
2: about it. Okay.
0: I've used it in the past, but I just wasn't mm-hmm. impressed with that. I was like, Telegram is easier, Signal is easier. I don't see any value in using Wire. The uh, Edward Snowden book is called Permanent Record, by
2: the way, and according to Amazon, it is available for sale. It's actually right now the number one bestseller wow. in their social activist biographies category. So there's you know different categories. And yeah, it's number one there. Um, it's available hardcover. It's available Kindle. It's available paperback. Strangely, the paperback is more expensive than the hardcover. What?
3: six dollars. <laughs>
2: <That's $6>? <laughs> uh, it's available on audio CD. But yeah, I do support what uh, Johnson is suggesting here. I I bet you. I have not yet gone to the Pirate Bay, but I bet you that somebody has probably already scanned this book yet, and if <laughs> yeah. they haven't yet well now you have the idea or just well if it's available on
0: kindle they don't even have
1: to scan yeah, I was it gonna in say, they can they rip that
2: crack the encryption okay that's yeah. cool
0: yeah so go check that out um i definitely intend to and you know just send <laughs> snowden not. the money using bitcoin cash or dash or
2: and it, if it, it hasn't
1: it been hacked already snowden you should hack it
2: <laughs> by the way i've got more on snowden coming up from the guardian if you want to hear it
0: This is free talk live talk radio that you control. Call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That number is eight five five four five zero three seven three three. With you tonight, it's Aria and Johnson and Ian. And Ian, how it, you just mentioned that Bitcoin Cash has had a really good day. Well, I yeah. mean, compared to how things have been lately, where can people buy Bitcoin Cash?
2: You can both buy and sell Bitcoin Cash at the new. Local.Bitcoin.com. They launched this back in June, so it's, I think, three months old, basically, at this point. Allows you anywhere on the planet, basically, to buy and sell Bitcoin Cash with dozens of payment methods, some of them higher risk than others. Um, And, you know, you, especially if you're a seller, you really need to do some due diligence and figure out what the risks are. Like, you know, if you're using a reversible payment method like PayPal, you could run into some some tough times. Uh, But if you're using something like a cash deposit at a bank, it's not quite as risky, although there still are some things that you ought to uh, do some due diligence on. But if you're a buyer, you're not at uh, near as much risk as some of the sellers on the site. Go to local.bitcoin.com. You can learn more about it there. It is, by the way, a private trading platform, meaning there's no id requirements in order to uh, access the site a lot of these sites want to know who you are where you're from they want to see your id uh, they want you to jump through a bunch of hoops you don't have to do that with local.bitcoin.com and also all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted so you've got privacy there unlike pretty much any other site like it local.bitcoin.com you can get started there
0: It's an absolutely awesome site. Did you see that I passed 250? Congratulations.
2: Thank you. I think you're still the top seller there.
0: Yes, I am. The person in second just hit 225, so I'm at least 10% ahead of them. Very nice. Very happy. Looks like XRP had a good uh, day, too, and I'm surprised that in some of the crypto
1: uh, groups
2: that I'm in that people weren't screaming,
1: oh my God, it's mooning.
2: (laughs) XRP is uh, Ripple. (laughs) Yes. One of the, what, top three, I think, yep. uh, cryptos.
0: Yep. I prefer to think of it as FedCoin.gov. Yeah. <laughs> mm.
2: Yeah, it's hard to get excited about
0: Ripple. But some people just love it. Yeah, well, some people like the boot on their necks. It's true.
2: <laughs> um, Not Ed Snowden. He is uh, now living in Russia. There's an updated story here. Do you want to hear it? Absolutely. Uh, It's from The Guardian, which is, of course, the publication that made him go international back in 2013. He right. had given information to a few different uh, news sources, and The Guardian was really the the key uh, source that really kind of propelled him out there into international infamy, if that's the, the right word. They uh, did an update with Edward Snowden with the release of his new book called Permanent Record, and you'd started the show out, Aria, by explaining that the Justice Department is filing lawsuit, a civil suit, Uh, Because, you know, they can't charge him criminally with anything (laughs) yet because he's not actually in the United States. Uh, But eventually, if they get the chance, they certainly will. But they want to take his money, specifically any kind of uh, money that he might earn from the sales of this book. So what's he got to say for himself these days? This is The Guardian story by Ewan McCaskill who uh, writes that the man whose state surveillance revelations rocked the world speaks exclusively to The Guardian about his new life and concerns for the future. The world's most famous whistleblower, Edward Snowden, says he has detected a softening in public hostility toward him in the united states over his disclosure of top secret documents that revealed the extent of the global surveillance programs run by american and british spy agencies in an exclusive two-hour interview in moscow to mark the publication of his memoirs called permanent record snowden said dire warnings that his dis- uh, gave dire warnings that his disclosures would car excuse me the dire warnings that his disclosures would cause harm had not come to pass and even former critics have now conceded quote we live in a better freer and safer world unquote because of his revelations do you think that's true
0: no i think it could be true and it should be true uh, well, in an agorist sense, uh, yes, because I'm now using, you know, signal and wire, telegram and things of that nature to keep myself more secure from government intrusion.
2: In an agorist sense, meaning the idea of doing business outside of government restrictions and rules? Yes, I'm living
0: mm-hmm. in freedom anyway, and Edward Snowden's revelations have helped me make that freedom more secure. Okay. But the government is still out there attempting to peer into the window Edward Snowden just calls me to put aluminum foil over it so that they couldn't see in.
2: All <laughs> <laughs> right, get your your Faraday bag from yeah. godarbags.com. Uh so I agree with you on this. I don't think the world is freer because of this. Um that's a nice thing to to think about. You know, it's Certainly. I don't think we're worse off because of it. I think that I think that overall it was the right thing to do. I think oh, that without the a doubt. the awareness that he brought to these issues was well worth the the personal sacrifice that that he made and it's easy for us to say that we're sitting out here not in <laughs> moscow um but you know obviously he believes it too because he doesn't seem to be sad about the the choices that he made and you know he'll do some more reflecting here i suspect here in a moment in this story uh, but you know has the government actually scaled back any of its spying i don't buy that for a moment i don't no. you can't believe these people they're like well, oh, well thanks to this revelation we've decided we're just going to roll back we're not going to be doing any of these uh monitoring of massive uh, amounts yeah, okay. of phone calls <laughs> well no 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 tr- just trust us we're not you believe yeah. us right <laughs> no not not no. at all Uh, So anyway, going on here uh, in the book, Snowden describes in detail for the first time his background and what led him to leak the details of the secret programs being run by the U.S. NSA, the National Security Agency, and the U.K.'s secret communications headquarters, the GCHQ. He describes the 18 years since the September 11th attacks as, quote, a litany of American destruction by way of American self-destruction with a promulgation of secret policies, secret laws and secret courts and secret wars unquote. and secret prisons yep that's true as well yeah um i don't know if he, did he reveal secret prisons i
0: don't think so i think that came uh, out that, some that was other chelsea way. manning
2: yeah uh snowden also said quote the greatest danger still lies ahead with the refinement of artificial intelligence capabilities such as facial and pattern recognition going on he said further an ai equipped surveillance camera would not be a mere recording device but could be made into something closer to an automated police officer and this is one of the concerns that we've heard raised about for instance the uh, police body cameras mm-hmm. um not just like, really? yeah not just mounted cameras on street corners or whatever but the body cameras the idea is if there's some sort of live detection going on. There's not right now, probably. It's just Not here, record- but there is
0: in China where police are wearing Google glasses or really? some cheap knockoff of it, especially in the Uyghur provinces, to really? instantly identify people. That's yeah.
2: exactly what he's talking about here, to where the, the more cameras there are that are controlled by the state, uh, they can start hooking them up to these databases provided by companies like Facebook. And likely Google.
0: Uh, Well, not to mention the DMV. We covered that recently on Free Talk Live as well, where DMV photos were being used by the FBI and other law enforcement agencies. In
2: facial uh, recognition? Yes. Yeah.
1: So did you, I mean, have you heard about Bernie?
2: What what about him?
1: Bernie is the first candidate, apparently, to come out who has basically said uh, he wants a complete and total ban by all law enforcement for use of facial recognition and a complete and total ban on any use... Of algorithms that would uh, determine whether or not someone is likely uh, to engage in recidivism or you know reoffend mm-hmm. on a crime. Any use of algorithms to determine who might commit another crime that that should there should be a more pre-crime that as well pre-crime
2: stuff.
0: Well, thought crime that uh, thought crime pre-post Pre- crime eight five five four five zero three seven three three This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. Again, that number is 855-450-3733. Or you can use the Discord call-in lines for clearer quality that you can find at discord.lrn.fm. I'm with you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson. And Ian. And we've been talking about Edward Snowden, the NSA contractor who revealed— the hero, t- Yes, yeah. who revealed the government's— Overreach to the American people in regard to spying data collection and things and the things that libertarians were warning about as early as the mid nineties and the conspiracy theorists yes, well, there's yeah. a lot of overlap yeah. between the two groups in my experience, sure, but I mean, he basically came out and said, "Hey, this is actually happening. this is real, yeah. and it needs to be dealt with and we're, honestly, it was a little worse than I think
2: some people thought it was
0: yeah i I would say it was worse yeah. than I expected. It was not good to realize that every email, every text message, mm-hmm. all of that was instantly and freely available to the government. And that if they, back when I was smoking a lot of pot, if they, I mean, I was in Mississippi, so I mean, well, okay. it's, it's legal in most places now, but. No, you know. it's not. <laughs> That's not good
2: legal advice.
0: Okay, uh, Cannabis is
2: definitely not legal in most places. In many places. Yeah. then
0: Let's go with that. But anyway, texting, you know, the person I bought from regularly if they Bad plan. Yeah, if yeah. they had wanted to, they could absolutely have just pursued that. Right. So, it was jarring and not pleasant to realize just how much information I had handed over to people who don't have my best interests at heart.
2: Yeah. Now, I mean, we had some great tools before Edward Snowden's revelation. I think Signal was already out at that time. I think we were using it uh, for instance, here in New Hampshire within the activist community. So there were already some some great tools that were available. Of course, PGP had been around for dec- a couple decades, at least, I think, at that point. Um, the tools are there for those that want privacy. Yes. You just have to seek them out. You have to learn a little bit. There's a bit of a learning curve when it comes to something like PGP. Um, but, you know, privacy takes time. It takes effort. It takes a little bit of money in some cases. You. You know, you're given all these things in life, you know, on the Internet, for instance, Facebook and these other services or whatever that people avail themselves of, and they're free. And, you know, the price you pay is you don't have privacy for those things.
0: That's what makes me so sad about Google Chrome, because it started out so beautifully, and then it just bloated into a piece of spyware. And it was probably always a piece of spyware from the beginning, but Mm -hmm. now it's just absurd in the amount of data it tracks and shares with, naturally, Facebook. What browser do you recommend? Um, I don't recommend one. I kind of consider this mm. to be the dark age of web browsers. What about Brave? I've never used it, other okay. than here on the studio PC. I don't have any issue with it, but I it's don't know anything about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've not audited the software, right? So I can't say for sure whether they're telling the truth. But the claim right. about Brave is that they, um, th- th- it's a Chrome-based software, but they've like stripped out. Stuff that they made it so it blocks all the trackers and the bad bad stuff, nice. uh, purportedly. Well, you know it's got an ad block built into it, blocks trackers um, just by default when you go to websites. Yeah, so you can do that with
0: cool. Chrome and Firefox as well, but, but it you does need require additional setup. Yes. Right. So mm-hmm.
2: this is the idea is it's baked into the program from the word go. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. Plus they've got the Brave Token thing, which actually rewards. Uh, webmasters through a cryptocurrency token on the i think the ethereum blockchain nice where if you sign up if you have a website and you sign up for the for this service or whatever when people who have the brave browser go to your website i think it automatically pays you or they have to indicate i'm not sure exactly how it works but like i don't know i get like five or ten bucks a month from brave for the few different websites that I administer, so free Keen free talk live l r n it 's not a whole lot of money, but yeah. you know it 's more than there was, you know, yeah, very so, true, so they're I mean, doing and that. basically
0: ten bucks would pay for the monthly web hosting fee of for one of a those lot sites. of people, yeah.
2: So uh, our sites cost a little more than that, but uh, a lot more than that, but anyway let 's get web back to hosting, yeah, oh yeah, interesting, yeah, um yeah, we've got Michael Hampton doing the hosting, and uh, free talk live, not a small site it 's a pretty Pretty big site with a lot of depth to it. And I mean, it's not the most popular site in the world, but it's also not a tiny site.
0: Well, that's website construction and maintenance and all of that. The actual hosting should normally only run like seven bucks a month.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's more to it. We got servers that run uh, audio streams twenty four seven, so So there's more going on there than just a, a piddly little website. Oh, so, for sure.
1: if we're going to mention, we should we shouldn't move on before mentioning the Tor browser, obviously, is another option right. for privacy. And then there's also... I don't the- know
0: about that. I mean, the FBI seems to have pretty extensively invaded the Tor browser. Potentially.
2: There yeah. are some question marks, certainly, about the Tor browser, and the FBI did not want to reveal their secrets uh, after the... the- what they call the playpen raids that actually included our studios here in uh, in Keene. Uh, no one was ever charged from the, that particular raid, but they did raid, I don't know, a couple hundred other people around the United States, and they did catch people uh, for child pornography in those cases. And one of those cases they had to drop because the uh, the attorney said, oh, well, FBI, we'd really like to see your chain of custody. How did you collect this evidence that so-and-so allegedly had this, you know, these files or whatever.
1: And wouldn't it be nice if these organizations could be hold, held to account for, uh, you know, slander, libel, wrongful arrest.
0: It would be know, nice. No, the seizure can't. of property, yeah.
1: wrongful imprisonment, you know. Like they have they still have
0: the property. It's yeah, been exactly. more than three
2: years.
1: They right. still have it. Well, so, they
0: won't even be accountable be- for being the world's largest child porn distributor last year.
2: That's true, which is what they did when they ran that website.
1: Yeah, they should be charged for the entire value of the property plus interest, you know, like plus any, you know, damages or plus whatever. Plus pain and suffering, which is totally
0: yeah. valid when you're su- suing the government.
1: Yeah.
2: How do you calculate damages uh, from in the you millions know, your reputation being slandered? Right. That's a hard thing to calculate. Yeah. So, anyway, um, if you want to comment, you certainly are welcome to join us here. We've got more from the Guardian story. Our toll free number is 855 450, free like freedom. But. You know, it's, uh, we haven't heard from Snowden in a while. He's just been kind of running his life. And uh, so it's neat to actually have the Guardian sit down with him for this interview. Um, he's talking about some concerns around this AI-equipped surveillance camera technology that when tied in with these massive databases that th- Facebook and others have been collecting on us, and you mentioned the DMV as well, uh, for, what, two decades now at least? Mm. Yeah, um, They've got a really powerful database they can tap into. Now, of course, some of these uh, AI... Facial recognition detection has not historically been particularly accurate. So, you know, you end up with uh, the police going after somebody in real life they think is a bad guy, but it's just somebody who has maybe the same facial ridges or whatever as the, the bad guy. Um, so, there's some real concerns about this beyond the privacy implications.
0: I mean, especially when we have a police force that seems to prefer the mantra of shoot first, ask questions later. No doubt. Uh, He's concerned that the U.S. and other governments, aided by the big Internet
2: companies, are moving towards creating a permanent record of everyone on Earth, recording the whole of their daily lives. While Snowden feels justified in what he did six years ago, he told The Guardian he was reconciled to being in Russia for years to come and was planning for his future on that basis. He has secretly married, obviously not a secret now, uh, Lindsay Mills, who was his partner two years ago in a Russian courthouse. While he would rather be in the U.S. or somewhere like Germany, he's relaxed now in Russia, able to lead a more or less normal daily life. He's less fearful than when he first arrived in 2013, when he felt lonely, isolated, and paranoid that he could be targeted in the streets by U.S. agents seeking retribution. He said, quote, I was very much a person the most powerful government in the world wanted to go away. They didn't care whether I went away to prison. They didn't care whether I went away into the ground. They just wanted me gone, he said. He has since dispensed with the scarves, the hats and coats that he once used as disguises and now moves freely around Moscow, riding the metro, visiting art galleries or the ballet and joining friends in cafes and restaurants.
0: I'm very thrilled to hear that because the last I really followed what was happening with Edward Snowden, he was essentially confined to like a train station or an airport or something like that so yeah, it, it's I been mean, years he, he got Since, out
2: of there relatively soon thereafter but then was essentially in hiding like he right. would only meet in secret and only with the right people and uh it was very very you know cloak and dagger kind of cat and mouse stuff so now he's he's kind of living more of a normal life and and there's more to the latest on snowden come up
0: well if there was anyone who was capable of knowing what the cia and nsa might do to someone it would be edward snowden what do you think is he overreacting eight five five four five zero three seven three three This is Free Talk 5, talk radio that you control. Give us a call at 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson. And Ian. And I want to tell you about any pay who runs the website HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. Because if you operate a retail business and are looking for a way for people to pay you with cryptocurrency, well, it's never been easier. Thanks to HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. There's no paperwork or approval process to open an account. In fact, we did this at the recent ForkFest when one of the people in our community wanted to begin more easily accepting cryptocurrency than popping open his wallet and having people scan address QR codes and all of that. He installed AnyPay five minutes later, was using it to accept cryptocurrency. That easy. It's incredibly easy no id verification no paperwork you can add in an address for bitcoin bitcoin cash dash zcash litecoin and more it's a simple app that allows anyone to come into your establishment hit that qr code scanner and send you cryptocurrency it's absolutely amazing it's got apps available for both ios and android or any web browser so go check it out at helpmetakebitcoin.com and then add yourself to the one of the many cryptocurrency maps that track this sort of thing if you happen to decide you want to accept cryptocurrency. I love it. I, I just yeah. I just used uh, <laughs> AnyPay to buy my uh, dinner
2: tonight at the oh, local yeah. Indian yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Took like three seconds for the payment to show up. Faster yeah. than a credit card. It's great.
0: It is faster. Yeah. I never thought about that. But yeah, mm-hmm. it is faster than a credit card. So check them out
2: at HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. So we're talking about a permanent record which is the new book by Edward Snowden. I think the only book by Edward Snowden. There have been books about Edward Snowden, but this is his memoirs. Mm. Um, a book is now available, according to The Guardian, which got an exclusive interview with Edward uh, recently, as they should, because they were the ones who helped break uh, the news about his revelations back in 2013. Hard to believe it's already been more than half a decade since that but it has uh is being published as of this uh, apparently tuesday so today's uh we today's the day uh on uh, more than 20 countries charts the shift that took him from working deep inside the nsa and the cia to hong kong where he handed over a cache of classified documents to journalists from the guardian the documents revealed the scale of mass surveillance by the us uk and their allies snowden is high on the u.s wanted list and faces decades in jail if they catch him the u.s government could seize royalties from the book as we started the show Uh, the news was that they are suing they could
0: attempt to but all the more reason we're fans of cryptocurrency um i'm almost certain that edward snowden has in the past posted like his bitcoin and bitcoin cash addresses to his twitter page if we can find those
2: that might be a good thing to retweet uh, here tonight we could we could send those absolutely out right, yeah, we should send those out to uh you know the the free talk live Twitter and Mastodon and such the u s government could seize the royalties, uh, but the substantial advance has already been banked, so meaning the publisher paid him in advance for his work so, right. So That's
1: he usually the way those deals work.
2: Yeah, if you're a decent, you know, author, right? Like, right. they are not going to pay some newbie who has no name recognition right. on that. But uh, Edward Snowden, yeah, they know this is going to sell, so they gave him a good chunk of it up front. Uh, normally averse to discussing his personal life, Snowden did open up in the interview uh, and the memoirs to speak for the first time about his life in Moscow, and even the person he describes as, quote, the love of my life, uh, Ms. Mills, who apparently he did marry finally in Moscow. Polls taken in the U.S. in 2013 and the years immediately after showed an almost equal split between those who viewed him as a traitor and those who saw him as a hero. He says, quote, it's funny that now, six years later, the controversial image that I had has begun to soften. He says that even people who disliked him personally have now become prepared to accept, quote, we live in a better, freer and safer world because of the revelations of mass surveillance, he said. Now, we quibbled with that uh, claim earlier in the show here tonight. I don't know if we're in a freer world. I think that it's better in that we know more about what was actually happening. So a, a more informed world is a better world. So I, I'll give him that one. Um, safer? Yeah, you still got to take the, uh, the steps. I mean, by, by default, you're not safe. <laughs> you, you still got to do stuff to be more safe, like encrypt your messages that need safety. Otherwise, you don't have it.
0: Yeah, but these sort of catalysts remind people of why it's important that they should do those things.
2: Absolutely. Which is why I say better, I'm going to ex- agree with that. It's better because we have more information. Absolutely. Uh, but one of the Democratic pres- presidential candidates, Bernie Sanders, said he would like to see a resolution that would end Snowden's permanent <laughs> exile. While another one, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, who's a congresswoman also running, said she uh, back in May that she would pardon Snowden. <laughs> mm. Fears that Vladimir Putin in Russia might hand him over as a gift to Donald Trump have receded as relations between the U.S. and Russia have cooled. Snowden said it helped that Russia viewed him as useful publicity. Quote, a country whose political troubles are legendary, whose problems with human rights we hear about every single day, has finally somehow managed to have one bright spot on their human rights record. Why would they give that up? He said. He toyed with calling his memoirs the new forever or welcome to forever before settling on permanent record, which reflects his concerns about the way state-run and private companies are hoarding data. To counter this, he argues for both legislative reform and increased use of end-to-end encryption to protect emails, chat, and other communications. So he's still pounding that message. He's still getting it out there. That's great. The message is valuable and people need to hear it. Right. If you don't listen to us, listen to Edward Snowden. But these are not enough, he says, to counter accelerating technological changes, allowing greater intrusions of privacy. And he calls for a worldwide protest movement similar to those on climate change. Quote, you have to be ready to stand for something if you want it to change. That's what I hope this book will help people come to decide for themselves. And I'm not really sure I believe that a protest movement is going to be effective at changing these things. I mean, I'm not against it. If you feel like you want to get out in the streets and wave some signs and wear some V-masks and shout and holler, I mean, I've done it. You know, I would do it again. I, I'm not against it necessarily, but uh, what's the old statement from the 1980s? It was uh, Ronald Reagan, one of his one of his guys. I forget the, the dude's name. I'm sure somebody's screaming it in the discord chat right now, but uh, let them protest so long as they pay their taxes was the the statement you know <laughs> so the, what
0: if they protest paying taxes as people should meaning by not, not paying advice. them or protesting them both
2: well if you're not paying them then you actually are protesting um, them you are you're both protesting them and you're helping yourself in that particular case right if you protest but continue to obey or continue to pay the the gang well
0: that's just virtue signaling right Alexander Haig.
2: Thank you for that. Alexander Haig, who I believe was a uh, Ronald Reagan consultant of some sort or worked for the that government.
0: I would agree uh, that it would take not protest, but some sort of massive social awareness for this sort of things to change. Like we would need to have 80, 90 percent of the population of the United States using Signal and other end-to-end encrypted messaging platforms in order for the United States government's surveillance apparatus to truly be Well, right. Now you're talking
2: about something that you can actually do because that is way more than a protest. That's, That's taking action to protect your communications. Actions that you can take right now. You know, if yes. you're not driving, uh, you know, when you when you get a moment, <laughs> you ought to download Signal for your phone. Now, that's not perfect, so you probably should learn about PGP. Grab Keybase while you're at it. Keybase.io, a uh, really cool app that actually uses encryption and is uh, decentralized and open source, and we've been raving about it here recently on on Free Talk Live. Uh, what, do,
0: what, what do they do? I haven't... Been on an episode that featured that.
2: Ah, you? yeah. What? So um, Keybase is really cool. There was actually news recently that they are giving away millions, like a hundred plus million dollars worth of cryptocurrency over the next twenty months wow. to keybo- Keybase users. It's like just an ongoing airdrop that happens oh, this, okay. once a month.
0: I've seen messages about this in the Telegram.
2: Yeah, so chat. it's a, it's a chat app. Um, it's also a files. I don't know I've never actually used the files aspect of it but you can somehow share files with it um, with other people there's it's sort of like an identity app as well meaning that you can link your profile to your various different other profiles that you have and you can prove so like let's say you're on Mastodon or Twitter or uh, Facebook or something like that mm-hmm. you can post like a certain message onto your Twitter that you get from Keybase to prove that you have control of that Twitter account well then you're verified on Twitter. Then you prove hmm. that you've got your Facebook account. Well, then you're verified on Facebook. You prove, you know, then you upload your PGP key. Well, so that must be your PGP key because it's you on all these other accounts. So the more that you can kind of add in to prove that you are who you say you are, the more, like, legit your account looks. Right? So, okay. you, so when So when I message, when you message me on Keybase, you know it's me because you can see that I've proved it by my Mastodon, my Twitter two different websites that i run you know i've uploaded something to the dns of the website to prove that i have control over those websites right so you know it's me behind that account so those are some of the things it does and it's got a stellar wallet built into it so you can actually use it to send payments uh to all these people as well very cool really cool
0: coming up in just a moment is rape really the first experience most women have
4: with sex we'll find out more hey everyone this is charlie shrem you've seen me on the netflix documentary banking on bitcoin and the new best-selling book bitcoin billionaires I want to invite you to join me on my new show, Untold Stories, for a deep dive into crypto history with the people who made that history. Together, we'll explore the personalities and events that gave rise to Bitcoin and the crypto revolution, the innovation, the collaboration, the battles, and the busts. You'll have a front row seat to the early days of crypto up to today, and you'll hear from the folks who lived through it and survived to drive this movement mainstream. Untold Stories looks back to reveal what inspired some of the greatest minds on Earth to come together to create this technology and change the future for everyone. So join me and my guests, the techies and the traders, the entrepreneurs and the innovators, as we explore our past and understand what that means for the future. Listen now on UntoldStories.com. That's UntoldStories.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Call in and talk about whatever is on your mind using the toll-free number at 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson. And Ian. And Johnson, you brought in this story that uh, admittedly I have not read yet, but uh, the headline alone got my attention. Uh, right. <laughs> so you want to take that?
1: Yeah, sure. And I, But the other thing that I think is kind of interesting from this story is that uh, it's from the U.K., So it's from The (laughs) Independent, so I kind of find it interesting that they're writing about- But it's about
2: women in the United States. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So About rape. Yes. Okay.
1: So it says here that rape is the first experience of sex for millions of women in the U.S. A new study has indicated, which surveyed women aged 18 to 44. The report, published in the JAMA Internal Medicine- well, I guess the Journal, Journal
2: of American, American Medicine Association I think or something so. like yeah. that. I think that's probably, Medical Association. Yeah.
1: Um found that uh, actually probably the Journal of the American or Journal of the American Medi- Medical Association okay. probably. Um found that 6.5% of women polled said that their first sexual intercourse, intercourse experience
0: was forced. You that, know that, that that's a high number. That's a very high number. It's also extremely unlikely to be true. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um Having dated many women, Mm -hmm. um, I I would point out that, again, that every single woman I ever had an extensive relationship with claimed that at some point someone had raped her. And it wasn't like I pressed these women for details or anything like that, but they would end up talking about it during the course of our relationship. And it was invariably revealed that they were not in any sense raped.
2: So wait, you're saying they claimed they were raped, but then later... Through more information that they gave to you, you believe that they were not being honest about that? Yes. Can you give me like an example of where a woman told you she was raped, but then you came to believe that she, in point of fact, was oh, not?
1: We're setting up a Stallman incident right now! Uh, what <laughs> incident? <laughs> this So it was, uh, I believe, covered on uh, Friday's show with... Uh, with uh, Chris Wade, correct?
2: Yeah. yeah, he did cover it briefly there. So uh,
1: one of the people who was responsible, I don't know if you've ever, you've heard of uh, free and open source software? Oh, yes. the yeah. The Free okay, Software so, uh, Foundation. Yes. Okay. Have you
2: heard of the GNU
1: or G- GPL license? Yes. okay, I'm okay. familiar now with what you're talking okay, about. Yeah, right? Richard, Richard Stallman, Stallman is the head of yeah. that organization. Was. He basically or was. He's uh, resigned as of yesterday or
0: today, maybe. Well, we do Uh, live in a world where women will consent to sex and then decide, oh, well, I wish I hadn't done that, therefore I was raped. And this is actively encouraged by a certain portion of the population for women to paint themselves as victims in this way. Cosmopolitan, when I was in high school, wrote an article about this very subject, claiming that 25% of women had been raped who weren't. Well, Stallman has been
1: social justice did by the fact that he uh basically came out and said that uh, from what he knows that a uh of Jeffrey Epstein and the the you know sex ring that Jeffrey Epstein was running that there was this other guy I think Minsky who was a computer scientist who at MIT at MIT who had uh sex with one of the uh people who were in this uh sex ring being run by Epstein and that um, Minsky would have likely not been made aware that this uh girl was coerced, presu- presuming that she was coerced by Epstein, uh, because he would have probably ordered
0: her to conceal that fact, right? Because well, I mean, generally speaking, I'm going, I'm not going to take Men's word for it and say, no, I, I didn't rape her. Well, but a woman saying, yes, I was raped and then giving details of the story that incontrovertibly demonstrate that she was not, in fact, raped is I, a different matter. I don't know that that's exactly yeah. what's happened. And, and, Minsky, and, the, and the underage victims of Epstein's are, in fact, claiming to have been forcibly raped. I ha- I'm yes, not disputing that. Certain, I
2: think they've, some of them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In certain instances. And, but, but here's the thing.
2: You,
1: the, the guy who's being attacked, one, is dead. So he can't defend himself, right? He can't say, like, whether or not he, this, that something happened, you know, whether or not he knew that she was being coerced, because let's say this girl is, you know, goes to have sex with somebody or somebody, like, let's say somebody goes to have sex with you, audience listener, right? Mm. And you don't know that they're being coerced because it was at the behest of someone else. And then this person is approaching you at a completely separate time and place, that you don't know that this person's part of a sex ring or being coerced or told to. They're just approaching you and coming on to you because they were told by somebody else to do it.
0: I would say there are usually pretty good signs, though. Not, not maybe. How would you know? 100%. You know, like. Well, but body language and. Maybe. Women are. It is not difficult to convey that you don't really want to do something, even as you feign wanting to do it.
1: Uh, yeah, but as we've already covered, that that's not maybe not necessarily always the case at the time, right? So sure. retroactively, uh, you know, a, a woman who is involved in this sort of situation might have, at the time, very much wanted to be a part of it, right? Because there's money, there's fame, there's uh, the approval of Epstein, so they might at the time have very much wanted to participate and then only later did they realize oh, I didn't actually want the money because now there's an opportunity for more money, so I didn't actually want to be involved in this, so I was raped so that can happen too and so you know now retroactively she was raped so you know that's going to be something that's going to have to you know she's going to approach this situation and and at the time so at the time she could have this particular person i don't know could have appeared very willing could have at least presented the appearance of being very willing
2: at the time Sure, she looked plenty happy in that photograph with prince andrew there you go, I mean
1: you you I mean, I don't know that those signals she was making are,
2: good money from what I could tell,
1: yeah, I don't know that those signals are always all that clear, I mean, I think for all intents and purposes in a lot of these cases, the women could appear entirely willing.
2: I'm sorry to everyone I, involved I don't buy the the claim, and I've said this before that uh you know this young lady kept showing up for coercion,
1: yeah, remember the rules state now. The way that this works in, in, in social justice land is that a woman can say, I'm entirely willing. Please have sex right now. Let's have sex. I want to have sex with you. Mm-hmm. And she might not be willing.
2: That's how it works. If she now. says different later.
1: If she mean. says different later, that's how it works. And you have to believe her.
2: That's how well, this no, works. Well, no, I don't. Well, I, I But don't you either. have to. <laughs> no, I don't. Stallman apparently had to because he just resigned yeah. from his job. Yeah, I mean, if he resigned from the organization he created, well,
1: clearly you're both misogynists, and you know you're basically borderline rapists yourself.
2: Ridiculous.
0: (laughs) That that's yeah,
1: because that's how it works.
2: I mean, that's how it works these days. Yeah, you're right about that.
1: And that's for the safety of everyone, right? Because that's it's the best way. Because men are there is no safety
2: here because uh you know even if you were to be so afraid of a woman making these claims that you're like, nope, I'm not even going to go into that house with you, right? Well, she could still claim you did, right? Like, let's say you're not going to ever sleep with anybody ever again because you're so afraid of what somebody might say about you after the fact. Well, they could still say it about you. And unless you have a real firm alibi about where you were on Tuesday night at 11 o'clock, then... well, yeah she of course,
1: make... especially if you're male, I mean, you're not to be believed
0: well, also, right. in those cases, a rape test would prove that you know she hadn't even had sex, much less have been raped by you in particular.
2: well, yeah, but a lot of these allegations, there was no testing whatsoever. We're talking about allegations right. that were made two decades after the fact. true. they didn't go and get a rape
0: kit done then well, I don't know about
2: this they particular... kept coming
1: back right in allegations a lot of are all that matter because you know.
0: But I'm not going to say that you can't kidnap a 13-year-old girl off the streets and beat her and traumatize her to the point where she willingly consents to, cons- well, that's not to willing. sex with that's, 50 men. That's not willing. Old men. Well, for all we know, that's what happened with this girl. I mean, prostitutes— That's not what's
2: being—that uh, av- is not what is being claimed with any of the so-called victims that I've heard of. Right. No, I went to an uh,
0: extreme example, but I mean, that's generally how sex trafficking works. The right. That's why this continue- isn't sex
2: trafficking. Usually when you're being sex trafficked, uh, there's a threat of violence against you or your family members sure. to keep you em- employed uh, in that job because you're being trafficked by a mafia and, you know, they know where your mom lives and she- they're going to kill her uh, if you don't. Or that's what they're telling you if you don't have sex with all these guys. In this case, it was, hey, would you like to give a massage to this rich guy? Oh yeah, you liked giving that massage for two hundred dollars? Well come on back next week. Could we'll give you another two hundred dollars and he might ask you to take your top off, and then might ask you to do another thing the next time, and then might ask you to do another thing the next time. Oh, you've you've still done you've been doing that again? Well, how would you like to travel with him and have sex with his friends for more money? Come on back. <laughs> you know, that is not sex trafficking. That's a job. 855-450-3733
0: This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Call in and talk about whatever is on your mind using the toll-free number of 855 as in Free Talk Live. With you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson. And Ian. And tell us where we can find cool Liberty stuff.
2: Liberty.Menu is the site for individuals who reject the initiation of force and who agree to abide by the ethics of the non-aggression principle. If that describes you... Then you really ought to have the things that you do listed at liberty.menu because then more people who care about freedom will find out about you. Maybe they'll be your new customer. Uh, Go to liberty.menu. You can create your account there and listings can be rated and reviewed and there's even a bit of a social networking aspect so you can connect and share with others in the freedom community. And if you want, you can use code FTL and get a special free talk live listener badge over at liberty.menu.
0: Very cool. So, we got a bit involved here in Epstein, which, you know, for the next couple of months at least, is probably going to come up anytime there's discussion of rape and non consensual sex and things like that. But well, evidently. Right. The
2: this- headline was about the claim that, what was it, six something percent of American women in a survey mm-hmm. said that their first experience with sex was ostensibly rape. That led to a conversation about Edward, or Edward Snowden, (laughs) Jeffrey Epstein. Nothing to do with Edward Snowden, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, and as to whether or not, uh, I mean, uh, regarding you the, are
0: correct, sex trafficking was not the right word that I used to describe what Epstein. But was that's doing. what he was accused of. Well, that's yeah, what the because charges the were. government has their stupid definition of things that you know make it illegal for you to spit against the wind well, in the state of Alaska. What happened is this young woman, not that young anymore,
2: several of them. Uh, well, Giffrey Virginia Roberts Giffrey was the head of the uh, the, mm. the lawsuit, from what I understand. There've been some that have come out. I think since then, I don't know how many of them were actually involved in the. The charges. But uh, anyway, she comes out and says, oh, yeah, that was sex trafficking because I was, uh, uh, you know, I didn't want to do that or I was being coerced or whatever, even though she kept coming back for more and got paid and was, you know, in his employ for some amount of time and handed around to multiple different men. But then we talked about this Richard Stallman. Who made so are you saying that
0: it's violence that differentiates sex trafficking from non-sex trafficking because that same statement could be said of pimps and the prostitutes who return to them if they you know, they keep going there by consent
2: get- if they're there by consent if they're there because the pimp is actually providing them with protection then that's not the same thing as like being a sex slave okay I would agree I was just yeah okay if you're coming so, back to the pimp whether he's providing you with protection or he's providing you with heroin If he's given you something that you want and you're coming back voluntarily for it, right? I mean, now again, there's plenty of violent pimps. The position of
0: most people, however, is that the sale of sexual services is automatically sex trafficking and automatically that's just prostitution, right? And it's something that we should, you know, clearly differentiate. Right?
2: There's right. There's a huge difference between a prostitute, whether they're male or female, uh, or young or old. There's a huge difference between somebody who's chosen to be. In the sex business, in a as a sex worker, so to right. speak, um, versus somebody who's been threatened with violence in order to be a sex worker. That's not the same thing at Speaking all.
0: Speaking of this, it, isn't there a European country that recently told its women on welfare that they could become prostitutes or they would cut off the welfare checks? Uh, wait, it, they could become prostitutes
2: or meaning they have to become a prostitute or they would have their welfare cut off? Yes. I'm not sure what you're saying. Okay. No, I've that. I, I will that.
0: look into that, Johnson. So, you found so something Oh, yeah. I want to
1: say real quick some of the things that Stallman says. This is the, the guy just, from MIT who's probably. now resigned yeah. Yeah.
2: from the Free Software Foundation that yeah. he created. Yeah, and, and
1: one this. of the reasons why he did this is because this guy is really into like being very, very exacting and precise with language and the so things that you say. And, might be
2: a libertarian.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, no, he's very actually almost a communist. He's oh, very wow. very okay. liberal. Uh, maybe so he's libertarian on certain certain issues <laughs> like maybe some yeah. speech stuff and copyright, but other than that, uh, no. Um, but he, so he's very about this precise language, right. And, mm-hmm. and really saying exactly what you mean. So, uh, I guess I'm on one, an email thread that was leaked, right. Uh, One of the things he said here was uh, he was talking about uh, Minsky, Marvin Minsky, being accused of assaulting Epstein's one of Epstein's victims. Stallman objected, saying that the blurb does an injustice to Minsky, because even if it's true that the 17 year old had sex with Minsky, the most plausible scenario is that she presented herself to him as entirely willing One witness to the alleged incident says that Minsky, who died in 2016, declined to have sex with her. Someone pointed out that the age of consent in the U.S. Virgin Islands, where the incident allegedly occurred, is 18. And that makes sex with a 17-year-old girl, willing or not, statutory rape. But Stallman wasn't persuaded by that. He says, I think it's morally absurd to define rape. In a way that depends on minor details, such as in which country it was or whether the victim was 18 years old or 17, Stallman wrote. Wholeheartedly. And, and another, you know, I'm piecing this together from some of the different things he said, but he said, also, the announcement on Friday does an injustice to Marvin Minsky. The deceased AI p- pioneer Marvin Minsky, who was accused of assaulting one of Epstein's victims... The injustice is in the word assaulting. The term sexual assault is so vague and slippery that it facilitates accusation inflation, taking claims that someone did X and leading people to think of it as Y, yeah. which is much worse than X. The accusation quoted is a clear example of inflation. The reference reports the claim that Minsky had sex with one of Epstein's harem. See, and then he has a thing here, you know, it's a link to uh, an article. Let's presume that it was true. I've got no reason to disbelieve it. The word assaulting presumes that he applied force or violence in some unspecified way. But the article itself says no such thing, only that they had sex. We can imagine many scenarios, but the most plausible scenario is that she presented herself to him as entirely willing, assuming that she was being coerced by Epstein, he would have had every reason to tell her to conceal that from most of his associates. I've concluded from various examples of accusation inflation that it was obviously wrong to use the term sexual assault in accusation. Whatever conduct you want to criticize you should describe it with a specific term that avoids moral vagueness about the nature of the criticism and of course that immediately ended up with stallman now having to resign and being completely attacked and well he didn't have to resign well as i understand it Uh, no the board was having conversations
2: it's one of those situations where the board of directors comes to you and says Look, Richard, we're we're uh, Dick. Uh, we're going to have to ask you to resign because, well, we just are tired of answering all no, these I'm, emails. No, the,
1: the the mentality of these people is at least Richard Stallman is not accused of raping anyone. But is that our highest standard? The standard that this prestigious institution holds itself to is that what MIT wants to defend? Is that what MIT wants to stand for? Then yes, burn it to the ground. This is the type of things that.
2: Well, now wait a minute. Is the is the Free Software Foundation part of MIT? Yes. It's oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was its own it's, separate organization. It's the
1: MIT something lab and, you know, like huh. artificial intelligence lab and there's a bunch of people it's very closely affiliated with, with MIT. Hmm.
0: Well, it's certainly hard to argue with anything he actually said there. And what we're nope, what we're right. talking about here is women who regretted You'd a sexual You think it was encounter. hard to argue
1: with, but you haven't been on Twitter recently or something.
0: <laughs> oh no, I have. I just have no use for their shenanigans. <laughs> I mean, right, we're talking about people who have inflated sexual assault and the word rape to mean Oh, well, I consented to this, but I wish I hadn't. Therefore, I was raped. 855 450 3733 855 450 free as. You
2: love Bitcoin. It's the future, right? Well, no, not if everyone stops using it. I mean, think about it. How many places in your town take Bitcoin? One? None? Let's be real. If this Bitcoin thing is ever going to happen, it's going to need your help. The good news is, the guys at AnyPay have your back. We built a website called Help Me Take Bitcoin. Dot .com and it's a place you can send any business and they'll be set up to take bitcoin in 5 minutes help me take Bitcoin.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Give us a call at 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson. And Ian. And you know, we found out recently that one of these stores here in Keene has been visited quite frequently by homeless people who are spending cryptocurrency in order to make purchases. And it's the Edge wallet that seems to facilitate this by... a. It has an account structure that is completely unique from things like Coinami and uh, you know the Bitcoin.com wallet and things mm-hmm. like that, where a homeless person can go in, ask to use the employee's phone, and the employees are surprisingly cooperative about this. In this case,
2: it's actually the owner, from what I understand.
0: Well, it was one That's of the employees as well oh, that cool. I spoke with about it. Oh, and right she on. showed me the list of Edge usernames in her huh. phone. It was So they go in there, you can sign in with the username, and... And password, yeah. yeah, and your PIN and your password and all of that, but you can access your cryptocurrency on any mobile device. Right. It's a beautiful thing, not made possible by any other. Yeah, I
2: didn't cryptocurrency see this coming. Wallet, and I didn't. And it's no. so cool, <laughs> and and I totally want to go in and talk to the owner about it and like you know write up a news story about this because I think it's really a unique story.
0: It's well worth a news yeah. story. Um, it they support Bitcoin Core, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum tokens, Monero, Ripple, Stellar, and Mini other. So mm. no more of that crazy writing down this 14 word pass phrase and trying to remember. Okay, well this one is for Koinami. and of course they're they're interchangeable anyway, but No, they're not. Not all of them. okay. Ca- okay. Sometimes
2: sure. yes, sometimes no with these 12 word phrases.
0: Yeah. So you don't have to write down any of that nonsense and then trust right. that you can find it 3 years later because I had this experience with someone recently mm-hmm. where they just could not find their pass phrase. It's so no longer, frustrating. Yeah. The Edge wallet removes all of those problems. You can find it at Edge.app. Their tagline is secure your freedom. So they can they can relatively be trusted as far as any wallet can be trusted Mm -hmm. with your money. Go get it at the iOS store or on the Google Play Store. It's what I use. I use it more than any other. Yep. I still have Coinami and others, but Edge is my go to wallet for sure.
1: So I want to extend our conversation that we were having a moment ago about you know the the whole sort of redefinition of the word rape and the words, you know sexual assault and all that
2: before you do though i did look up the free software foundation to which i have donated in the past mm-hmm. by the way um i will not be donating to them now but uh they are at least according to the wikipedia article it doesn't seem that they're tied directly to the massachusetts institutes of technology there are
1: a lot of people who just i mean it was
2: there's founded one there board member okay. yeah it may have been founded there but yeah. at this time there's according to this there's only currently one out of six board members is a professor of computer science at mit And he has served there since inception. So he's an original uh, board member. But everybody else, uh, one of them is a senior software engineer at SFA Incorporated since 1997. Another one, the founder of Civic Actions, a government digital services firm, whatever that is. Uh, It doesn't uh,
0: sound like something I would be on board
2: with. Assistant professor at the University of Washington, executive director of the Software Freedom Conservancy, and a copyright and technology attorney. Uh, These are the people who sit on the board of directors there. These are the people who asked Stallman likely to resign. He likely did not do it on his own volition. They were probably telling him, look, Richard, you're either going to need to resign or we're going to have to get rid of you.
0: That's And the the reason they said this was because he disagrees with how the word sexual assault is being thrown around as a catch-all term that includes statutory rape it includes consensual touching yeah yes yeah.
1: yeah so you know it's it's interesting to me to think along these lines that a lot of people who are involved in this right it tend to be on the sort of liberal liberal spectrum of things who are redefining uh this uh sexual assault and rape and and all these things to exclude or ignore or sort of uh change and ignore the involvement of physical force and violence right like avoiding that topic and not using it to define terms just that becomes irrelevant whether or not violence or physical force was is was used uh,
0: well, is I think not, it would not, be doesn't come into the d- d- definition. Right. Well, I think it would be beneficial for the discussion for us to define rape. Well, sure. Rather I, than leaving it to the liberals that you're criticizing. Give us a definition of rape. Sure.
1: I would think that rape would absolutely inc- include physical violence. Right. I would think that it would include it would be physically forced sex. That's how
2: I would. Define forcible me. sexual penetration
1: Great. Forcible? Nah, I don't even know that necessarily peasant penetration would have to be involved. I would say forcible sexual contact would be enough for me to define as, as a kind of rape. Right. You know, like, you know, I would just
0: say non consensual sexual activity. Yeah, sure. Okay.
2: I mean, I can see, I can see that definition, but I mean, is it worse for penetration to occur than, let's say, you know, uh, some horn dog comes sure, up, sure. gives you a bear hug, and just like humps on yeah, you? sure. You I know? think lots it's of not things. Not quite the same. Yeah, I mean, you're,
1: <laughs> sure. I think lots of things are to degrees, right? You know, like obviously, it's you know, and and, and even still, even if in that that case, uh, I think that it's somewhat subjective, right? Because uh you know your defend your degree of offense to that behavior could be Enormous, right? It could, you're right. You could be right. accepting of it. You could and really not want that to happen. If
2: Mark you know? were if Mark were here, he would argue that there is uh, there shouldn't be a difference between that and actual penetration. Like what's he would argue really? that penetration isn't any more uh, serious. I think that's what he would argue. I mean, I don't want to put words right. in his mouth, but right. I'm I, I would I think argue I'm that
0: some, penetration is significantly. I more think it serious. is too. Yeah. I, I think it is. too. I would absolutely agree. Yeah. I wouldn't but, encourage anyone to go up and just start humping strangers. Right. But no, but dogs do it all the time. Well, yes, but we are supposed to be a little bit right. more socialized. But
2: well, nobody, socialized nobody accuses the, the right dog. Yeah, of sexual given time assault. and
1: opportunity, the dog would probably engage in penetrative, where uh, <laughs> yeah. the opportunity presented. But um, I think that the uh, the the thing that I find interesting is that with this whole like refusal to discuss the involvement of force just is interesting in that it feels like liberals do that already in their politics when presented with the fact that their f- philosophy and reliance on government solutions to problems involves using physical force and violence on other people.
3: This and is it's, true, just, it's it's interesting, you bring well, that up though. to them,
1: You br- but you bring that up to most liberals, and they oh, no, can't no, handle no. it. They can't, like, literally, <laughs> they mentally never. can't process the ideas of physical force and violence and it seems like that carries over to discussing sexual assault and rape in that they don't want to define it in regards they don't want to nail down that definition to include Mm. physical force or violence they don't want to include that discussion it's like they don't ever want to discuss physical force and violence to nail down or define anything so it's just that it just fun. Like as I was kind of like thinking about this, I'm like, wow, it's interesting that that transitions so smoothly. That even when you're talking about rape and sexual assault, liberal-minded, collectivist, statist people still can't talk about physical force and violence to define terms, and I just it's interesting right?
2: i find they break down into two categories the ones that are like oh i would never advocate for force i would right i and would never de-
1: denial and then the, and, other, and ones and then who then the other ones thugs. are like thugs
2: yeah, no yeah. problem yeah <laughs> we got to do what we got to to make the world the way we want it right
1: yeah thugs. but most so of are the them, real those are the real yeah. draconian uh, uh machiavellian you know they don't apologize you know? for it yeah exactly
2: yeah. but the yeah. rest of them i don't think want to be associated with the violence i think um, there's probably
1: they, a market difference in iq between those groups of people too I, I would say that the people who are Machiavellian are probably, the, unfortunately, the more intelligent
2: ones. Could be. I think you get a stronger and argument. They, and that. they
0: probably are, are deeply disturbed people. Absolutely. <laughs> I find the cognitive dissonance to be particularly appealing. Or not appealing, but interesting, because I, mm-hmm. I work with a number of young people, millennials, generally mm-hmm. people who are even younger than I am. Mm-hmm. And their general position is that they love Bernie Sanders, Despite right. him coming out and saying you can be wealthy, all you have to do is write a best-selling book, right. and just being so firmly and completely part of the one one percent who advocates for war violence and all of this other nonsense right. that they that they don't support, but that they don't care about, they just forget it. It's doublethink, as Orwell described in 1984. Well, they they just have lots don't, of incentive. Yeah, they just don't allow themselves for to think about it. For everyone. <laughs> Which would ideally? We'll forgive your student loans. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three again. That's eight five five four fifty three, as in free student loans. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Call in to talk about whatever is on your mind. That number is 855-450-3733. I'm with you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson And Ian. And Ian. What? Uh, th- I want Tell you to us, know yeah.
2: about Balance of Nature. Good nutrition is key to looking and feeling great, but eating right all the time can be a challenge, especially these days where travel and work schedules can get in the way, or maybe you just don't have the desire or time to shop and cook the right foods. Balance of Nature can help with just three of the Balance of Nature fruit capsules and three of their veggie capsules. You can get 10 servings of fruits and vegetables, and that is a lot of nutrition for a limited time. You can get free shipping plus a set of uh fruits and veggies. Additionally, go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code FTL to get the deal. That's balanceofnature.com, code FTL,
0: like Free Talk Live. Very cool. I have to try these out because I ch- I tend to just eat out when I'm hungry. I I don't eat yeah, a lot of home-cooked meals and stuff like that. So, <laughs> something like this, I mean, it's designed for people like me. <laughs> That's right.
2: So going back to uh, the story here, Johnson, you've got a piece that we kind of got off the... I mean, we've, we've gone off in different directions based on it, right, but yeah. uh, it was originally about women in the United States claiming, uh, about six or so percent of them claiming their
0: first sexual experience was rape. Yep. It gets worse further in the article. Evidently, the Department of Justice estimates that one in five women in the United States have been raped.
1: Right. So... Mm-hmm. That would be 20%. That's right. So, you know, uh, of those, I guess around uh, a quarter of those, I guess, would be uh, would have had that be their first experience with sex. So it says here around 7% of those women reported being aged 10 or younger when the attack occurred of that 7%. Um, And the nationwide survey of 13,310 women did not explicitly use the word rape. But Dr. Laura Hawks, the lead author, who is a Harvard Medical School researcher, argued that any sexual encounter with penetration that occurs against somebody's will is rape. If so, I think I would I could accept, agree that, with I can that. accept that term. Yeah,
0: if we allow for sexual molestation mm-hmm. to be its own category as well, which wouldn't involve penetration but would still be immoral. Yeah.
1: Well, this person says any any sexual encounter with penetration that occurs
0: right. against somebody's will is rape.
1: I accept that definition wholeheartedly. Um, what about without penetration? The, well, then... What if they
0: hold you down and masturbate over you? Yeah,
1: see, I consider that still to be a, at least a sexual assault. That would still be a sexual assault, right? I, there's violence involved, there's force involved, there's coercion, and it's sexual in nature. I think that that's, at the very least, qualifies as sexual assault. In that case, and I think the word of because assault... because they're being held down. Yeah, and I think that the word assault is sure. fully, you know, justifiable in that particular case.
2: Um, By the way, um, pleasuring oneself might be more <laughs> safe for radio. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not technically okay. against the rules to say that. I but thought it was the scientific medical term. It is. Just saying. Noted. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I don't know. so it says here if somebody is verbally pressured into having sex. It's just as much rape," uh, she added, uh, "and and I thought the what? Radio, I thought the radio acceptable term was to say touching junk, but to she- say that yeah sure.
0: <laughs> well, it sounds like she contradicts herself here by talking about verbal pressure makes it rape as well, but yeah. on the other hand, she's saying any sexual encounter with penetration that occurs against someone's will is rape.
2: Yeah, if it's against somebody's will, that's I don't know if you could right. use
0: verbal pressure no. to actually make someone do something that is against their will. Right. Now, like, yeah. it may be pathetic, uh, but some sure. guy who's like,
1: please have sex with me. Just I was verbally you. pressured into buying this timeshare, and <laughs> right. therefore it's not a legal contract because yeah. they applied sales tactics to me. I have this car that I got at a dealership, and those pesky card salesmen, yeah. they were Applying verbal pressure to me, and therefore that's just ridiculous. That's a ridiculous argument. Um, I agree. The report found women whose sexual experiences were was forced were more likely more likely to go on to experience reproductive health problems, just as such as sorry pelvic pain and issues with their periods. Women who were oh sorry women were also twice as likely to say. They were in fair or poor health than those whose first experience of sex did not involve being coerced. I wonder why that is.
0: Probably just general mental well-being. You know, if somebody...
2: Just not taking care of
0: themselves. Yeah, if somebody's dealing with that sort of thing going on in their past, they're probably not overwhelmingly happy. Mm -hmm. So when asked how they're doing, they're more likely to respond, oh, I've been better or yeah. I'm fair.
1: Let's say that you know we also know that a lot of these uh, situations occur with people in you know that are close to these people and in their families. And let's say that they're not coming from the best family life situations. Mm-hmm. So they did probably didn't grow up in great conditions. So that would make a sense that that would also generally probably imply that there's going to be statistically some problems there. So it goes on here to say. They were also more likely to have unwanted pregnancies and abortions. Um, that yeah.
0: those seem to me like odd stats, odd stats to track in regard to one's rape past. Sure, I mean, and it, it, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, mean I, I would think that it's just as a you reminder were needs out. to be put out, right? That.
1: Uh, correlation is not causation
0: yeah right? you know well as you were pointing out i think it's that uh, most of these women who are from homes where they could have been abused when they were nine or ten years old are mm-hmm. going to be low-income homes yeah which have higher rates of unpre- unwanted pregnancies and abortions yeah. this is interesting the average age of
1: the women coerced into sex was 15 years old while the average age of the attacker was 27 mm. In almost half of the attacks, the women report being physically restrained. The research, that's interesting, in half. Almost half. Almost half of the attacks, women report being. So they weren't physically restrained at all in the other half. Um, The research is based on an analysis analysis of responses from women who took, (coughs) excuse me, the research is based on analysis of responses from women who took part in the U.S. government health surveys from 2011 to 2017, and so predates the hashtag MeToo movement against sexual harassment and assault. Nearly one in five women in the U.S. have been raped, according to the Federal Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Doctor, Han- I don't believe that
2: statistic at all.
0: And I know that makes me a terrible person and the left just revoked my women's card. Okay, so why
2: not? Why don't you believe that one out of five women have at some point in their life been raped?
0: Because I have to think better of human beings than that.
2: Okay, so another, another important question here is when they say... One out of five women say they were raped. Does that include statutory rape?
1: Yeah, does it include <laughs> statutory rape? Does it include rape where there was absolutely no physical convert, coercion whatsoever? Mm-hmm. Does old, it include the uh, only verbal
2: pressure? Right, the talking into of having sex.
1: Come Apparently on, that's now rape. You know you're going to like it. I mean, is that is I was raped. You know, like,
0: what does that mean? Apparently these defin- these words don't mean anything anymore. With you know? all of those things included, I could see how it could get to one in five. But as far as actual rape. Thinking it's one in five would just completely destroy my faith in humanity. Mm. Yeah, a lot of
1: violence. I mean, unfortunately, you know, and I think that you could probably
0: get a lot closer
1: to the real numbers of what violent rape if you were to look at the rape statistics for men, right? Because there, what are, are they?
2: Actually, yeah, I don't. I, well, well, how many? How many men out of you know how many? Men, generally, in their lifetime, get raped.
0: I'll let you guys be the researchers yeah. on that one while I continue sure. with this. But uh, the I don't know that it's going to be a fair assessment. Um, because, because they won't admit I don't think it's it. entirely well, fair, it's but it's I think you get just... closer, right? I just yeah, think okay, you get yeah, closer. You to might the... get closer, but it's still going to be way off because I think a rapist is going to be significantly more likely to seek out a female target than a male one.
1: Maybe. I I don't know that that's necessarily
0: true. If you actually look at these, the... Well, it's simple numbers. If 97% of people are straight and, I I don't know, 5% of people are rapists, then you're going to have a higher proportion of straight people who are rapists than gay people. Except for a lot
1: of rape is probably going to occur in prison, right? That's one thing. And another thing is that rape, if you learn about the psychological uh, factors that drive rapists. It's not really about sex as much as it is about power and subjugating a victim to the person's will. And in, I would guess that the psychological uh, act of subjugating someone so physically a male over another male might even be more satisfying For someone who that's their driving goal, right? Is subjugating the will of another person. I don't know, but I I would like to know, (laughs) like, you know, like, like it's
0: horrifying to think about, but
2: I have some information uh, on male rape We'll talk about that coming up.
0: 855-450-3733. Are we way off base here? Are we talking insanity to you? Give us a call. Let us know. 855-450. Tell us about your rape. (laughs) Oh my
2: God. I want to tell you about my favorite cryptocurrency wallet, Edge Wallet at Edge.app. Edge is the wallet I use more than any other, and that was true long before Edge Wallet became a sponsor of Free Talk Live. Edge Wallet allows you to buy, sell, trade, and securely hold your cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, tokens, Monero, Ripple, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and more. It's available for both Android and iOS, and you can download it via the Play or App Store or via Edge Wallet's website, Edge.app. Secure your freedom with Edge Wallet.
0: This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson. And Ian. And we just riled up some people. It, was, it We're hoping <laughs> that we riled up some people with Ian's last invitation for people to call in. And tell us about their rape experiences. Well, I, mean, whether... I didn't
2: intend to be too flippant about that, although it did come <laughs> off as uh, as that way. Um, I mean, obviously, this is a serious topic, but some of us on the show tonight haven't been taking very seriously the supposed statistics about this. There right. are uh, statistics saying that five or six uh, percent of uh, women in the United States claimed their first sexual experience was rape. Um, also, that uh, Upwards of one out of five or therefore 20 percent mm-hmm. or so women in their lifetime say that they have been the victims of rape. And Aria, you said that you would be shocked if that were true, as in that seems too high yes. uh, to you. And so that's why I kind of left the uh, the last hour with with that statement. But before we go to the calls, I did say I had some statistics that's on true. male Absolutely. Victim rape, meaning the the men, uh, the man is the victim, at least according to Wikipedia, which you know they cite their sources here. Um, there's of course male on male rape, and then also female on male rape. So they look at uh, two different categories here. Uh, they say that male on male rape has been heavily stigmatized, according to psychologist Sarah Crome. Fewer than one in ten male male rapes are reported. As a group, male rape victims reported a lack of services and support, and legal systems are often ill-equipped to deal with this type of crime. Several studies argue that male-male prisoner rape, as well as female-female prisoner rape, are common types of rape which go unreported even more frequently than rape in the general population. The rape of men by men has been documented as a weapon of terror in warfare. In the case of the Syrian civil war, the male detainees experienced sexual abuse, such as being forced to sit on broken glass bottles— And getting their genitals tied to a heavy bag of water or being forced to watch the rape of another detainee by the officials.
1: Wait, so essentially what you've just said is that 10% of men are raped.
2: No. No. They said that fewer than one in 10 of the rapes are reported. They do not claim to know how many of the actual rapes happened. So of whatever the statistic (laughs) is, they think it could be 10 times higher than what it actually is. And then with female-on-male rape, they say it's under-researched compared to other forms of sexual violence. Statistics on the prevalence of female-on-male sexual violence vary. One study found 23.4% of women—so that's in line with your one out of five, uh, or close to it, one, more like one out of four— But in uh, 10.5% of men reported they were raped, while 6.6% of women and 10.5% of men reported they were victims of attempted rape. A 2010 through 2012 study by the CDC found that one in 17 men, or just about 6% of them, reported being made to penetrate at some point in their lives.
1: Okay, so the statistics that I have here says that one in five women you know, in their lifetime will be raped, and that one in 71 men... Will be raped in their lifetime. Now, if you are correct about the statistic for men being 10 times higher because of it's being unreported, underreported, then that would mean that one in five women and one in seven men.
2: Well, that would presume that that was all male on male rape.
1: No, it just says will be raped at some point in their lives.
2: But the one in 10 was only male male rapes. Oh, OK, right. Yeah. They're claiming here that one study claimed it was 10.5% of men reported a rape in their lifetime.
1: I don't know how many men who are raped by women are going to report that. Either.
2: Well, that's no, another we, thing. Yeah, it's like rape. how underreported. But then again, normal rapes or normal rapes, females being raped by men are also supposedly unreported as well. So who knows what the actual numbers are of, of these things?
1: Um, Just some more statistics, just because they're kind of interesting. 46.4% uh, of lesbians, for 79 of bisexual women and 43.3% of heterosexual women reported sexual violence other than rape occurring during their lifetime. While 40.2% of gay men, 47.4% of bisexual men and 20.8% of heterosexual men reported sexual violence other than rape during their lifetimes. So that would be one in five heterosexual men who have experienced sexual so that would be an equal statistic, mm. at least for sexual violence. So that's I mean, can- maybe
0: it's because I'm not crazy, so I tend to <laughs> not. Uh, I know, relative, right? So I tend to not date people who are psychotic and right. violent. But I, my experience with having sex does not in any way substantiate those numbers. I'm not saying it's not. But exist. You're just a case study, exactly. Um, a little
2: bit more here. The surveys. I mean, found- where
0: are all of these? female on male rapists where are all of these bisexual rapists where are all these male rapists hiding at you would think by this point simply by the numbers i would have run into one of these people on accident
2: well i hope it's not your next one there Aria. <laughs> well, it's,
0: i mean it goes on okay so 91
1: percent of victims of rape and sexual assault according to this are female nine percent are male eight eight In 8 out of 10 cases of rape, the victim knew the person who sexually assaulted them.
4: Mm, And 8% of rape
1: cases uh, occur while the victim is at
2: work. 8 out of 10 is really, you know, the 8 out of 10 knowing, uh, that's a really interesting statistic because it's sort of... It suggests that you're not that likely to be, you know, just grabbed off the streets, uh, you know, assaulted in some dark alleyway or whatever. It's more likely going to be the uncle or the boyfriend or the, you know, somebody that you trust or the aunt. Um, A little bit more surveys found that male victims often reported only female perpetrators in instances of only being made to penetrate um, among male victims who were raped by being penetrated. 86.5% reported only male perpetrators. Uh, A 2008 study of 98 men interviewed, which is not a large sample, on the U.S. National Crime Victimization Survey found that nearly half of the men who reported some form of sexual victimization were victimized by women. So, I mean, it's just, it's really hard to get a real understanding of what the reality of this situation is, because there's such a wide uh, differentiation in what people define as rape and then you know how much of it's actually reported and tracked and all that. It's it's tough. We do have a caller though.
0: Uh, we do, but she she dropped from the amp only oh, line. It, it no. appears to be dropping people randomly. I it recommend that unlikely. she use one of the normal on air column lines, and I don't think she has. Oh, she has indeed. You are correct. I
2: We've got. Don't think there's any difference between the real- reliability of one line versus another.
0: Well, she did get kicked twice from the amp only line. Anyway, Pajonatarian, okay. you're on the you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey guys, the perfect caller for this
2: conversation.
5: <laughs> I actually had um, a quick complaint I was going to do about David from New Mexico, but when Ian said, "Hey guys, tell me about your rape," I felt like I had to call in. All right. Um. So, so I what, my first sexual experience was rape. It was uh, my dad's stepfather, and uh, it Jeez. happened to my two. It happened to my two aunts as well, and I was young. I was under ten, and uh, so I don't this is like basically
2: to- your step grandfather essentially yeah okay
5: yes yeah no it's not it's not pleasant it's not a great co- topic of conversation but because because people don't talk about it um it sort of made me want to be more open so that you know maybe it'll help other people out there yeah thank but, you for that
2: and you know try to keep it as radio friendly as you possibly can you said you were under the uh, age of 10
5: yeah i was five when it first happened oh my yeah, it was pretty young, but he he did it to my dad and my two aunts. So all within one family. That's four of us right there. So as far as the t- statistics go, I think. Hold on that- before you
2: before we even go any <laughs> further than this. Um, I mean, how your father and I mean maybe you can speak to this, but how could if this happened to your dad, how could he have let you be around this guy?
5: Yeah, yeah, that's that's part of the family. It, you know, everybody's got their family problems. And I honestly, my life outside of that incident is very well. So I don't want to complain too much. But I I blame like him, you know, it happening to him when he was a kid and it just messed him up. And I was lucky that it didn't mess me up as much as it did him. So, wow. Yeah. It's
0: tragic so, to hear. It I mean, If like somebody also- had put a bullet in him the first time that he attempted to rape <laughs> them, there would be significantly fewer victims in the world.
1: It sounds there, also like would be. It, it's a small amount. It, this might lend greens to a sort of a smaller amount of people that generated a larger number of victims.
2: Uh, can we keep Vag- vaginatarian? Can you stay with us to talk a little bit yeah. more if you feel comfortable with it um, about yeah, this? I want to know what happened to this guy.
0: It, it would definitely be good to know that, you know, this person ultimately got what was coming to them. Either he attempted to rape the wrong person or what have you. But uh, yeah, Johnson, that's an excellent point. Uh, These numbers could be skewed because, you know, one rapist rapes 10 women. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Call in and talk about whatever you would like. That number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson. And Ian. And we've been talking about rape statistics and how they are skewed by rapes being underreported and then further skewed by the fact that, well, there doesn't seem to be a lot of agreement among people about what is and isn't rape. hmm I think the agreement that we have here in the studio is you know, going to be the, the sensible one, that it's forceful sexual encounters that are non-consensual, right? But I that think we agreed on that, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't seem to be how everyone portrays it. I mean, some people, as we talked about earlier, go as far as saying things like statutory rape. They weren't old enough, therefore it's rape. Count as legitimate rapes. But we got Bajonatarian on the line with us now, who says that she was in fact raped and by it's not a, a family
2: member. So the same that statistic that eight out of ten rapes, uh, being somebody that you know rather than a stranger. In her case, it was her step grandfather, the father of her stepfather, if I recall correctly.
5: <laughs> yeah, the stepfather of my dad. But I, yeah, stepfather of
2: weird. your actual dad. Okay, got it. Sorry. Yeah.
5: So he wasn't blood. Um but yeah, he's still a family member. I grew up knowing him as grandfather and and so it's it's definitely situations like that I think that are the most common and also lead to why it isn't reported. And I mean it's obviously it's a difficult conversation and it's very uncomfortable for people to talk about. So
2: How many years another. did this go on? You said it started when you were f- just 5 years old.
5: Yeah, and it went until I was about 8 or 9. And then I have two younger sisters, so that's when I turned him in was when I was getting older.
2: Oh, good for you. uh,
5: (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't want that happening to my sisters. And so I turned him in and everything kind of went, um, I guess you could say, well, like the cops did their job. My family did their job. My mom took care of me. Um, But instead of going to jail, my grandfather ran away and then killed himself.
2: Wow. Yeah.
5: Yeah he did not hold himself accountable for his actions. And that was sort of like my first lesson as a child on responsibility. And so I took more out, I took more good out of that than bad.
2: Well, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing that he killed himself, at least in that case, none of us were forced to pay to feed and clothe and house this uh, scumbag, this, Mm -hmm. you know, abuser. Did your dad ever address this? Because you had said in our last segment that your your dad was also his victim when when presumably he was a child um did he ever say whoops sorry daughter um should have told you not to you know not to be alone with uh (laughs) this guy
5: yeah uh not not really Um, in the previous segment um
0: that's what's going to
2: cause that's the issue that's going to cause somebody to dump out of a a chat uh one of our call-in lines it sounds like there's a connections issue and according to our discord it's given us a green uh green light so it's not saying that we have the problem but it may still be our problem certainly so apologies about that vaginitarian we started losing uh your audio there
1: you can actually Fix that mid conversation. I don't know if you know how to do that. What do you mean? I'll, I'll tell you. Okay. Yeah, later. You can switch servers mid.
2: You can switch Discord servers? Mm-hmm. I have no idea how you do that. Yeah, definitely show me off the Well, the LRN
0: app. studio still only has like the one Discord server in its Discord app, so called. But Discord
1: you're saying app. we can switch. No, there switch. are like four different ones. There are four different locations, like North, Southwest central
2: is this something that each user can also switch or Um, only the server administrator i think only the server administrator all right show me show me later for sure that's interesting well getting back to the general thank you for the call by the way i'm sure that was not that's not an easy thing to talk about um this do not sound like good memories in any way shape or form and uh, i'm sorry to hear about that
0: i mean based on what we've been hearing from various news articles about male-on-male rape, it, it it isn't terribly surprising that her father would not have addressed this um, either prior to its occurrence or afterward. He was probably in some state of denial about it, you know, blocking out those bad memories and just never admitting to himself that mm. he had been raped. Mm. There are some great step-parents out there. You know, I don't want to be smart step-parents, but you really have to do your homework uh, and, you know, analyze people, find out who they are and what they're really all about before you let them around your kids 24-7 unsupervised in the same way that a parent would be. It's crazy. It's it crazy is. a crazy story. I imagine that a lot of the reported rapes that they're discussing in these various news articles are from stepfathers, step-uncle, or uncles, as you pointed out. I don't well, know. That's it's that. distressing. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you go from there? I don't know. Most, uh, they say there's been significant attention paid to early ch- experiences of childhood sexual violence and abuse over the last two decades, which is great. And teenage experience of violence, often termed dating violence or teen dating violence, has received much less attention at this appears suddenly at the end of this independent article these are not terms that i'm familiar with i'm familiar with the idea of date rape and all of that i'm a little fuzzy on what distinguishes it from a normal i don't want to say normal rape but a typical rape do either of you know
2: uh it happens after a date i don't know i mean
0: wouldn't wouldn't just about any rape Occur after some sort of
2: date encounter? I mean, it would seem like it's highly, more highly likely to happen after a dating encounter. Yeah. I don't...
1: I mean, rape would account, more, be more likely to occur after a date? No, I don't think so at all.
2: But I, mean, I the, think if it's most likely to
1: occur with a family
0: situation, well, then yeah, with absolutely family, no. not.
1: Yeah. And but, I think that's how it's most likely to occur.
0: Violence is bad to use against other people when they do not want that violence used against them. You can't just say violence is bad because then Mike Tyson and all these other boxers who agreed to get into the ring and beat the crap out of each other are bad. So it's not necessarily violence. But yes, using aggression against people is bad. And however we define it, rape is going to fall under that category and just shouldn't be done.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: I'm shocked to find that the numbers are as high as people are suggesting uh, especially in regard to male on male sexual rape one in 10 not being reported or only one in 10 one in are ten reported? being
2: reported yeah. but we're not sure how many of them are you know, again there's a a bunch of question marks uh surrounding this yeah.
0: yeah which if it's
1: if that's true if only one in 10 are being reported then that would mean that uh you know male rape which is already the statistics says it's one in 71
4: mm-hmm. would
1: be 10 times higher which would make one, one else, in seven, seven yeah yeah which is Not that far off from the one in five.
2: But then again, how do you define it, right? Like, uh, I fooled around with my neighbor when I was uh, probably like 10, and uh, I define that as consensual activity. Other people insist I was taken advantage of and that I was raped. Well, other people are
0: are stupid. I mean, you know whether or not you were raped. That's what I think. (laughs)
2: And if you say you weren't. If it was fun, it wasn't rape. (laughs) I don't know if I would go that far. Yeah, I think it's generally, I mean, I don't, I can't speak from experience because thankfully I've not been raped, um, but that doesn't
0: sound like a fun thing. You have a point. Yeah. Um, okay. So, okay, fine. Yeah. If it was fun, it wasn't rape. <laughs> right. that's, that's just <laughs> I, one, you know, factor. I still don't know if I want to say that so definitively though, because <laughs> I just know somebody's going to be out there. Are you saying X or Y or, you know, something that we didn't Are actually you saying say? You can't have fun while being raped. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. If you, if you want to make that claim, we'd love to hear from you. I'm going to go ahead and say No,
0: rape is not fun I think I would agree with that statement I mean, there are people who role play rapes and things like that But that's consensual That's different,
3: yeah. yeah Do you have a crypto wealth advisor or coach? If so, has your cryptocurrency advisor been investing in technology stocks for over 20 years? Have they left the corporate world and retired? Or are they still trying to make a weekly paycheck? Have they produced six-figure results for their customers in the past 30 days? And very importantly, are they a member of the Digital Currency Council? Seth Maniscalco is the founder of Crypto Wealth Coach and CryptoWealthCoach.com. Seth invested in his first Roth IRA at 19 years old while living abroad and has been investing in Wall Street and technology for over 20 years. Years With experience in all the money markets, by comparison, so many of these so-called crypto gurus have barely been alive for 20 years. Seth has not only experienced personal success from his own investments in crypto, he has also helped his clients earn six and seven figure incomes, including helping investors make over three quarters of a million dollars in EOS in 90 days and 1,225% in only five and a half months with Chainlink. Seth has helped for the small do it yourself guy on up to crypto whales. Increase your wealth. Visit CryptoWealthCoach.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control, 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson. And it's Ian. And we're going to move on now to a conversation about debt and how evidently Gen Z, the newest generation, as it were, is already struggling with debt, according to... Studies, I guess. Ian, do you
2: have that in front of you? I do have it. Um, but first, can we say thank you to tonight's amplifier?
0: Absolutely. That's going to be Farmer Garrick of Harvest and Blooms. I'm not cool. sure. What, yeah. So uh, he's what at, level? he's a silver amplifier. Excellent. Which means he donates five dollars per month. You could donate more if you want, but five dollars is all that we ask. You can check that out at Amp. Dot dot com. We and use that it. helps us. Yes, we use it to advertise, market, and promote the show, amp.freetalklive.com. And that's just to help us get onto more local radio stations throughout the country. we got 200 plus right now. We do. It's very awesome. It's an exciting time.
2: We can do 300, but it does take some, you know, money and take some effort. And your five bucks a month can help us out. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get perks. You'll get access to uh, the amp chat rooms on our Discord servers. We get the amp only Facebook group for those of you still hanging out on Facebook, and a few other perks as well. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. But if you are in serious debt, then please enjoy the show for free. We don't want to be a part of uh, your financial burdens here there's a story from buzzfeed news or buzzfeed is where this is coming from uh millennials even though
1: their logo is
2: buzzfeed.news it is yeah they probably have both <laughs> that's i hope. imagine they have both of them uh millennials so this is actually about both millennials and gen z and now aria you are a millennial yes correct um johnson and i are like the zennials we're kind of the borderline mm in-betweens of the Millennials and the the Gen X. Like, I personally, I don't like generations. I think it's not fair to generalize people by, you know, oh, well, you were all born in this time frame, so you must have similarities. Well,
0: imagine me with the other Millennials, with the Antifa... And communi- right? communist freaking Bernie Sanders supporting millennials, right?
2: Mm-hmm. They wouldn't like you very much once they heard you open your mouth.
0: Yeah, they don't like me. Yeah, they want me to close my mouth and right. sit down and shut up and let the, the white saviors speak for me.
2: So, um, you know, I, I don't like putting people into these categories, but at the same time— there are people in these categories, and there are things that are true about some of the people in these categories. Obviously, not this doesn't apply to everybody who's a who's what a millennial. Must- so,
1: just a real quick side jaunt here. What was your first concert?
2: Megadeth. <laughs> See in the mid 90s <laughs> i think i,
1: See, I feel first, Gen X. I was just thinking like gen x i'm like yeah my first concerts were you know like ozzy osbourne yeah. and limp Bizkit. yeah so i think that throws us into the like you know like right Is i feel
2: that- like i'm gen x because i grew up in the 80s and 90s yeah. and that's was that time frame um, and I don't remember what year it was. But, it must have been like 20, but, or 1996 or nineteen ninety. Now, to be something.
1: fair, most Gen X people, though, didn't really grow up focused on computers of the internet. So I feel like that's what separates mm-hmm. me and makes me feel more like a Xennial because I identify mm-hmm. a lot with people from younger, you know, the younger generations because I, even as maybe somebody who's Gen X, grew up. Way more focused on computers and the internet than my peers. Mm-hmm. Like, dramatically so. Sure. Like, I was, you know, really young, claiming, hey, your computers are going to be the future of everything. You guys better pay attention to this. Yeah. You know, like.
2: And my dad was a computer tech guy when I was growing up, so I learned how to build computers when I, mean, I was pretty young. Yeah.
1: You and I both know how to, you know, build computers and right. were, we we're streaming in audio. Internet radio, you right. know, in right. before it was the cool. 2000, yeah. you know, early 2000s. You <laughs> before know, they had the podcasts, 90s. we were doing yeah.
2: streaming audio five years before that
1: yeah i started doing internet radio in the 90s so that you know makes
2: so did i late 90s (laughs) yeah uh so millennials carry an average of twenty seven thousand nine hundred dollars in debt not including mortgages just leave (laughs) that one out uh according to new data released by northwestern mutual but gen z is close behind them the oldest of whom they say are now 22 years old so gen zers are just starting to get out of college uh, they have an average debt of fourteen thousand seven hundred dollars. Now, I, I mean, that must
0: include college, right? Because, like, I, I would imagine that yeah that that would be the only way that I, I would think that someone eighteen through twenty two could amass a fourteen thousand dollar
2: debt. Well, they actually get into
0: if not like a car note. I or mean, yeah, card I was going to
1: say I, I would say that I you know I've got close to that if I consider my car in there. But you got to consider have, that. But I also have assets that you know far
0: outreach that you know so yeah so you have a debt but you're not in debt and right. you're
4: also not
2: really a millennial it's true <laughs> uh but they get into some of the sources of the debt here in a moment so having a sizable debt at a young age is the new normal according to chantelle Bonneau, who's a wealth management advisor at northwestern mutual she says quote there are lots of people who exit school and before they start their first job They have debt. That's a different situation from 30 years ago. Millennials' main source of debt is credit card bills. While the worst
1: kind of debt.
2: Right. While Gen Z is student loans. In a previous poll by CreditCards.com, forty percent of millennials said the top reason they carry a credit card balance was daily expenses such as groceries, childcare, and utilities.
0: That right there—that's how you build up a twenty-four thousand dollars debt, or whatever it was that said that millennials had
2: twenty-seven thousand nine hundred.
0: Yeah, yeah. Th- that—that's how you do it, using it for daily expenses. If you don't have the money for it, then you don't need to buy it. That's right. Put it on your credit card when you don't have the money for it. How are you going to pay that credit card? You're not.
2: You're going to pay minimum payments. Yeah, you're going to pay the minimum payments, and you're going to be under that for the rest of your life.
1: One of the biggest things that I advise millennials to do uh, that I think is is a huge thing is to make sure that in your bank account that you don't consider zero dollars in your bank account zero dollars. You need to redefine zero. What do you mean by that? Okay, so uh, what I mean is that you should have a number in your bank account that is always increasing, right? Mm. That is what you consider to be zero. So right, let's say five hundred dollars yeah. or a thousand dollars. Consider that to be zero. So if you have it, and, and in a lot of cases, you know, I've seen you know people who have savings accounts, right? And it's like, oh, you have this savings account. Okay, great, you're getting this piddly interest rate, but then you're getting you're letting your main account fall to zero, and then getting a thirty-five dollar transaction fee or ETF or whatever the, yeah. the fee is. You know, you're getting or you're getting uh, crazy ATM fees because you're withdrawing money from your account, not keeping cash on hand, or doing all these weird financial things that are costing enormous amounts of money, which you could just fix by instead of having like not like looking at investment instruments. Like savings accounts and the interest rates on those and not really taking the time to just sit down and not be afraid of and really approach the subject of money and... Think about it for a little bit, like, oh, how much are you actually making? Oh, how much am I actually losing in fees? Oh, how much am I spending on uh coffees per month or mm-hmm. cigarettes or alcohol? You gotta oh, have the pumpkin Wow, spice. I'm spending thousands and thousands of dollars on these things that <laughs> maybe I could go without a little bit.
0: Right. How much would I have? See what you're arguing though is what the Greece government did when they presented austerity to the public. They're sure. like, oh, you just have to lower your standard of living. And, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. I agree entirely. The yeah. issue here isn't that people aren't making enough money, is that their expenses are too high. That's right. But sure. it's hard to present that yeah. without and, and sounding a lot of callous. Like, oh, well, just quit smoking, quit drinking, quit having friends, quit going out with people. That's callous. I've, I've heard people also... It disregards he, the
1: human element. I, I've also heard, heard a millennial accountant, I won't name, who uh, <laughs> has specifically uh, said like attacked the idea that not uh not going out and buying that coffee will make any difference and like oh that coffee like oh it's medical bills and oh this other debt and all these other things that are causing debts but you think that the having not having this coffee will make an impact
2: well actually. Wait, you're saying the accountant was saying go have
1: the coffee? Yeah, go have the coffee. Don't worry about it. That's not really going to make that kind of a difference and it's ridiculous. it's, make no, no, it's difference. ridiculous I don't, to say that it won't make a difference. I have
0: to agree with the accountant here because somebody who's impulsive enough to spend like the last 4 dollars they have on a cup of coffee is just going to find somewhere else to spend it if they don't. I mean, well, that's maybe what people live in poverty but,
1: do. But it's that mentality that is the that's problem. what needs to change. Right.
2: And and the only way you're going to change that is through will, the willpower of deciding yeah. that you need to change your habits and stick to that. But that habit
1: alone if invested, right. could become a fairly substantial sum of money Absolutely. in a fairly short amount of time. Eight five
0: five four five zero three seven three three. This is Free Talk Live, Talk Radio that you control. Call in and talk about whatever you'd like. That number is 855-450-3733. If you're quick, you can still get on with us tonight. But with you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson. And Ian. And although we've been talking a bit about uh, millennial debt and how people, um, I mean, really debt is a matter of expenses versus income. And too often people, they take the income side of things. Like, oh, no, we just need to increase the minimum wage to $15 an hour or whatever. And that will lift all of these people out of poverty. No, it won't.
2: No, Because their spending habits are to spend what they earn, so they'll just spend more.
0: Yeah, I'm from a family of these people in Mississippi. I've mm-hmm. watched them do it my entire life. It doesn't matter. They could make $20,000 a month. They're going 30. to spend it every <laughs> single time. <laughs> but let's go into the phones. we oh, got the Liberty oh. Advisor. Well, Johnson had something, I think, oh, to,
1: yeah, to, yeah, add just, to add. Yeah, just real quick, I wanted to drop in because we had said the thing about the coffee. and um you know, like so. Let's say you're a 20 year old. You know, you're a millennial. You're, you're having a co- cup of coffee a day, and you think, "Oh, coffee can't make any difference." So let's break it down. According to this uh, thing I found on Noteworthy, um, so uh, the average cup of co- cost of a cup of coffee in North America is estimated at roughly three dollars, right? And it's actually. Probably more than that now
0: and more at a lot of places. Mm-hmm. This Depending is coffee, kind of coffee bought at somewhere like Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, so yeah, it's sure. not coffee that you make in your home, which is right. going to be substantially cheaper. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, that's that's
1: the thing, right? You could save a lot of money by not having this silly going out for coffee every day. Habit.
2: And you're not even talking about the time as well, right? You're right. just talking about the money that you would spend right. going to Starbucks. But how much time does it take to actually get to Starbucks, wait in line, gas. get served the gas, then to get back to wherever it is you're going to go to? Right. So... so We're just doing just
1: $3, assuming that you purchase a single cup of coffee a day over a period of 50 years, disregarding inflation, you would have spent approximately $54,750. Doesn't sound too bad, does it? No, that sounds pretty bad. That's a down
2: payment on your house.
1: Over 50 years, though. It's really, you know, that's not It's not necessarily that bad. But now let's compare that with the opportunity cost of investing $3 or $21 weekly, which is a pretty moderate amount mm-hmm. to be investing.
0: Well, this is also going to have to assume that the stocks or whatever you're investing in are going to actually hang around. Sure. So, says, are going to be successful.
1: But, but there are plenty of index funds and things like that where you can generally get the average market return. And that's what this is. And the average market return is not great. But, okay, so $21 weekly over a pif- period of 50 years at the average market return. Crunch the numbers this time, and the difference is a whopping $1.5 million for and your that coffee presumes, habit.
2: That presumes you didn't put any of it into cryptocurrency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you may be talking about a, a billion dollars or something like that.
0: So let's get to the Liberty Advisor. The Liberty Advisor, you're on Free Talk Live.
6: Hey guys, this is Tim Pichot, the uh, Liberty Advisor. I wanted to Hi, call Tim. in to talk. Hey Ian. I uh, wanted to call in to talk about the Federal Reserve, but I am a certified financial planner that is also a millennial, so maybe I could <laughs> talk a couple things about this too. Awesome. Yeah, please. So just by coincidence, I uh, so I'm getting ready. I've been doing all my compliance for my website, so that way I can uh, start advertising with you guys, and part of that was I have a website called millennialinvestorblog.com that I need to take down, and I actually just sent my website guy a message to take it down, so if you want to go to it right now, it's probably going to be taken down tomorrow, because uh, there's some compliance. It's tied to my old company. Anyways. Sorry, podcast um, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry, podcast listeners. But anyways, one thing that I have on there shows that if someone were to invest $5,000 a year from the age of 18 to 26 and never invest again, and then you have investor B that starts at age 26 and contributes $5,000 a year all the way through age 65, assuming they both earn 8% per year, investor A, who never contributed again after the age of 26, would actually have uh, slightly less money than investor B and one person had to invest $45,000 and the other invested 200,000 so that's just the power of compounding money and i've got some other videos on there but that was 5000 really bucks a
2: year speaking of habits i mean that's like a, just over a pack a day cigarette habit you know right. like that's uh, i mean it's not, these are things that people can change uh whether it's the coffee habit or a that's cigarette habit that's more like habit.
0: a 3 pack a day cigarette habit
2: really nah, two packs i mean 1369 is uh 5000 365 in a 5000 So that's 14 bucks a day.
6: Okay. Yeah, that was just sort of a coincidence that I just, uh, that I logged on and that's what you guys were talking about because I wasn't Mm -hmm. listening earlier. But what I did want to talk about was the Federal Reserve this morning had to inject $53 billion into the market. And what happened last night is that the banks were paying up to 10% to borrow money overnight last night. And the very first time uh, Ian ever interviewed me at Anarchapoco Poco in 2018, uh, within two minutes of the interview, I said the big thing to watch out for, and just to preface this, is that I think the market should be setting interest rates. There shouldn't even be a Federal Reserve. I think we're all on the same page with that. But eventually, I said the trigger was going to be when the Federal Reserve lost control, where it doesn't matter that they have a 2% Fed funds rate if the market is dictating 8% or 10%. So what happened this morning is is that there was companies that were paying, banks, that were paying 10% last night to borrow money overnight. Now, which what, is, what does it, that mean?
0: What, what caused this to happen? What was the catalyst that caused these businesses to just suddenly need money so desperately that they were willing to pay that sort of interest rate?
6: It's still sort of up in the air because it only happened this morning. But the speculation is that there were some of these big banks and institutions that were on the wrong side of the oil trade. So what they were so when the oil went up, shot up twenty percent over the weekend. If you were uh, short oil, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, you were highly leveraged up to the hilt, and now all of a sudden, you had to come up with a whole bunch of money to meet your reserve requirements. You're willing to pay whatever it takes to meet those requirements because otherwise, you can go out of business. So backing things up, the banks are required to keep a certain amount of money on hand overnight. Some banks have more, and they lend it back. Other banks have less and then they need to borrow some money generally speaking you don't want to go to the federal reserve at least before 2008 because it was seen as a big no-no now in a post-2008 world sort of all that has gone to you know what and uh last night there was companies that were willing to pay banks that were willing to pay eight to ten percent in order to meet the reserve requirements and the only reason they were willing to do that is because they had to do that so if you can only borrow up money eight percent that's the cheapest money you're going to get and so this morning The Fed came in with over $53 billion. Uh, The New York Fed came in, that is, and had to basically save, in air quotes, the overnight repo market, which uh, it's crazy because last week you could borrow money for 30 years at under 2%. But now the banks, which are supposed to be the safest, and again, air quotes, uh, they're they were charging each other 10 percent
2: of our money. So I, 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 I'm just trying to understand this. I'm not a financial expert at all. And a lot of this is like Greek to me, dude. Um, you're saying that these banks are they are required because they're essentially franchises of the Federal Reserve to borrow a certain amount of money to have on hand. If they don't have it, they have to borrow it from the Federal Reserve. And they just got jacked on the rates from 2 percent going up to like eight or 10 percent.
6: Well, they don't. Ha- well, the thing is, borrowing from the Federal Reserve is like the last thing a lot of these banks want to do because mm-hmm. it puts a big stigma on them. So, what they do is they borrow money from each from other, each other.
2: Oh, which okay. Gen-
6: which generally is the same rate as the Fed funds rate or about that. But last night there was a big liquidity event, which was probably Isn't that like weird.
0: the definition of a circle jerk?
6: <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> but now does yeah, this no, mean it's, it's, that it's craziness yeah, but are it's, you it's,
2: saying
0: though that this is going to mean higher
2: uh interest rates for the consumer if they go in and get a loan this week or next week or something like like how does this shake out for the average person
6: well what this means on a longer time horizon yeah i mean in the short term yes but with the fed stepping in and basically manipulating the market what this means is that the quantitative easing is about to start back up oh. about two, we- two weeks ago the feds funds Uh, The Federal Reserve balance sheet actually increased. And so last year, I was was screaming. I mean, really the last two years, I mean, as of October, last October, the Fed was thinking that they were going to be selling $50 $50 billion a month off their balance sheet. And they were telling us everything was going to be great. And now not only are they not selling $50 billion a month, they're borrowing, they they injected $53 billion in one day, not over a month in one day. And that's printing
2: and so, money. You're saying when, they, when you say they injected $53 billion, yeah. you mean they increased the money supply by $53 billion in one day.
6: Yeah, I mean, more or less, yeah. I mean, that's just the, kind of like the cliff notes of it. But yeah, well, that's what we got to have,
2: man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a financial uh, advisor, and I'm sure many of our audience uh, isn't either. So the more that we can break this down to be as understandable as possible, uh, I feel like I might have some grasp on what you just told us at this point. Uh, but I'm still, uh, you know, I don't really All know. All the more reason to
6: use cryptocurrency. The Fed's going to print more money. The Fed's yeah. going to print more money. And this is only the beginning uh, is the cliff note.
2: So you're saying look out, um, if you're in dollars, maybe put some... Them, uh, something into some precious metals, maybe put something into uh, cryptocurrencies. You just muted him, so he can't answer that question. Um, but presumably, that's what he's saying. Thank you for the call. Uh, Tim showed he's the Liberty Advisor, and we'll look forward to hearing from you
4: again.
0: Right cool. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to check out the website, which you can find at freetalklive.com. It's got archives going back 10 years, as he was saying earlier, before podcasting was even a thing. So go check that out. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And we'll be back same time tomorrow, same night, same time, all seven nights a week
5: you're not a wild animal and you shouldn't be tagged and tracked like one where you go and what you do every minute of the day tracked and recorded by your mobile phone is often more revealing than your browser history and tech companies make a fortune selling your location history without your consent godark bags prevent location tracking and protect your privacy by instantly blocking all cell phone gps and wi-fi signals to your mobile device plus they're durable water resistant and built for a lifetime of protection visit godarkbags.com forward slash ftl that's godarkbags.com forward slash ftl